0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, February 9th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. There are reasons to be optimistic about criminal justice reform in 2015, but at the federal level, prospects are pretty grim. Police militarization seems to be proceeding apace, and the president's own nominee for attorney general sees nothing wrong with taking Americans' property with no accusation that a crime has taken place. Cato Institute's Tim Lynch says that with historically low crime rates, states have an opportunity to clear out some of the laws and penalties that have broken our criminal justice system.
1: Well, I am optimistic mostly about reforms at the state and local level. The political climate is good for criminal justice reform because crime rates are low. And that gives the politicians space to make changes that most of them recognize are festering in the criminal justice system. There is a lot of talk here in Washington about how the prospects are good for criminal justice reform, even at the federal level, but I'm becoming increasingly skeptical of that given the remarks that President Obama made during his State of the Union address and now that we know a little bit more about Loretta Lynch after her confirmation hearing and her views. I'm becoming more skeptical about prospects uh, in the Congress uh, at the federal level.
0: All right. So uh, Loretta Lynch, we know, is a fan of civil asset forfeiture. She referred to it as a great tool uh, and alternately referred to forfeiture in general as a wonderful tool and just didn't draw any meaningful distinction between uh, civil and criminal forfeiture. But uh, at the state level, what, what do you see uh, happening uh, this year? Well, we
1: continue to see progress on marijuana legalization. Uh, That is the most important thing going on in the criminal justice system right now. And you have to remember that the progress that we've seen has come through uh, the initiative process. These aren't yet the politicians voting on these things. Politi- the, the politics of marijuana legalization are in flux and the politicians are nervous about uh, what they should say about it in public. Uh, they're nervous about taking votes on it but clearly the results of these initiatives and referendum have come in. They're watching that stuff very closely. The politics are shifting. There's overwhelming evidence now that in at least some parts of the country, people are ready to see changes in these laws and um, uh, but it's very important. Most of the media coverage I'm very disappointed about, you know, in places like Colorado and Washington, they mostly do these pieces where they marvel at the pot shops and this the pot that's on display and the customers that are coming in and expressing their preferences. Um, what's the real story is that we've got twenty million Americans who use pot on a regular basis, and millions more who use it occasionally. And in the eyes of the law, these people are criminals. And that has really got to change. And thankfully, many states are are moving in that direction right now.
0: At the federal level, uh, Republicans, I think, learned a lesson to just not talk about that issue.
1: Yeah, they're trying to avoid it. Uh, uh, Voters in Washington, D.C. voted to approve marijuana legalization right here in the Capitol. And then just before... Uh, The new year, Representative Andy Harris, who's a uh, staunch prohibitionist, Uh, his district is over in the suburbs of Maryland, and he snuck uh, a provision into a must-pass appropriations bill that would have stopped marijuana legalization from happening in the district. It wasn't a vote held in the Congress. Uh, uh, He just kind of snuck this rider in uh, in order to affect that change. And the attorney general of the district has said it's only going to have a limited impact. It means that pot shops are not going to open uh, on a commercial basis. But the other part of the bill where adults are going to be able to possess these things, possess pot without having to incur uh, the threat of arrest, and people are going to be able to grow at home. So we are going to see some changes in the district, but not as much change as the voters actually approved.
0: What about issues like sentencing reform, police militarization, uh, things that are issues near and dear to the hearts of many libertarians.
1: Right. This this trend of militarized policing is one of the most serious problems going on in uh, police departments around the country. We've done a lot of work on that. It got a lot of attention after... Uh, The events, uh, the shooting in St. Louis suburbs of Ferguson, Missouri, uh, and the aftermath of the the shooting of Michael Brown, it got a lot of attention, got a lot of people talking here in Washington about it. Uh, President Obama ordered a review of the program, uh, and that review came back and basically just kind of said – the departments who are receiving this equipment, you know, should tighten up their record-keeping requirements and the Pentagon should pay closer attention to who they give this equipment to and so forth. There's really just kind of like lip service uh, towards uh, this problem. And it may preempt uh, any legislative effort to make any changes. Because right now, the everybody's kind of grown accustomed to this arrangement. The Pentagon wants to get rid of this what they call surplus military equipment and weapons, the armored vehicles, the M16s, and so forth, and the local police departments want to receive this, uh, and I don't see that changing. There doesn't see a, you know the politicians here are ready to move on. Uh, the scrutiny that we got uh, back in the late summer has kind of faded, and now they're ready to move on and not really address that underlying problem. Unfortunately.
0: We mentioned uh, Loretta Lynch and Eric Holder's uh, order relating to uh, civil asset forfeiture. Of course, this has received a great deal of attention uh, over the past year or so. Uh, some of that has been generated by our friends at the Institute for Justice for taking some cases and making those uh, fairly high profile uh, cases. but. Is there any indication that that some legislative fix will emerge based on that issue, like it did in the in the late 90s? There has
1: been a lot more attention on this subject. It's uh, when people hear about it, they are startled that the we could have these laws in America. Um, there was a big series of articles in the Washington Post uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, there bil- have been bills that have been introduced to reform these laws. But uh, as we found out, Loretta Lynch, who is probably going to be our next attorney general, uh, there's really no interest on her part or on the Department of Justice uh, to change the existing practices. Uh, unfortunately, I just don't think we're going to get some real action there. Uh, we have seen reform at the state and local level. Um, Uh, in Ohio. uh, Governor Drayton uh, signed a civil asset forfeiture reform bill there. It was fought intensely by law enforcement groups behind the scenes, but once it came up for a vote, it got overwhelming support. So I think we may see some more progress at the state and local level, but
0: unfortunately, I don't see much changing here in D.C. in the Congress. Tim Lynch is the director of the Cato Institute's project on criminal justice. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.